tonight we're gonna we're gonna do one last psalm. Uh, we've been studying the psalms since spring break, uh, and we've looked at various psalms from Psalm twenty three and Psalm forty two and Psalm one forty five and thirteen, and and looking at, at what it looks like to trust God in the midst of so many different things going on in our world in the midst of so many different emotions going on in our own hearts, whether that's sadness or fear or doubt. And tonight we're going to close uh, looking at Psalm 121, uh, looking at what it looks like to trust that God cares for you. Um, a friend of mine uh, spoke at a retreat uh a few years back, and before the retreat, he asked uh, the different pastors and campus ministers to ask their people uh, one question because uh, he wanted to get a, he wanted to get a read on where people were from, and so he received a few dozen responses to his question, which was, "If you wanted God to say something to you, if you could hear God audibly tell you something, what, what would you want to hear God tell you?" Uh, and there were a number of responses, but there was one overwhelmingly uh, the most popular, and that was, it's going to be okay. Uh, I will take care of you. Uh, we long to hear that. We, we've always longed to hear that. And, and during this season especially, we long to hear that and we need to hear that. Uh, the psalm we're looking at tonight, Psalm 121, uh, is eight verses. And in those eight verses, uh, the word uh, that is translated watch over, preserve, keep, guard, that word is used over six times, is used six times in just eight verses. Uh, the Israelites used to sing that this, this psalm is part of what's called the Songs of Ascents, and they were sung on pilgrimages to Jerusalem. Uh, and th they needed to hear what we need to hear tonight. <laughs> Why would an eight-verse song have the same word repeated six times in it? Uh, because they needed to be reminded that God would keep them and care for them, and we need to be reminded uh, that God not only can keep us and care for us, but that he longs to keep and care. And so we're going to look at two things uh, tonight. Uh, we can trust God. And secondly, we can trust uh, that God cares. We can trust God and we can trust that God cares. Let me read uh, Psalm 121 for us. Got it here on the... Um, slide for us. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. 
The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you all from harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you that we can call you the maker of heaven and earth, our Father. Thank you that you hear us and you watch over us and you keep us. Lord, we struggle to believe that sometimes. Lord, we struggle to believe that you can keep us and watch over us. We struggle to believe that you want to. And so, Lord, tonight as we look at this passage, would you remind us of your power to protect us and not just your power and your ability, but also your willingness and your faithfulness and your delight in keeping us and protecting us. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. It's almost uh, three years ago that we moved to Lexington, and I will always uh, remember the drive up here. Anne and the boys drove on ahead, and uh, because I'm cheap, I didn't want to pay a moving company to drive us up here. I drove the moving truck up um, myself. We rented the largest truck you can drive uh, without having to get a trucker's license. And I drove it. It was fun. Uh, I never sat that high up on the road before. And I was driving down uh, Bluegrass Parkway just about an hour from our house. And I heard something, uh, but it didn't really seem to affect. I didn't know what it was. And so I kept driving. And then all of a sudden I get off uh, on Versailles Road and uh, the truck starts to shake and I realize something is wrong and I pull over immediately. And uh, I pull over and quickly realize there is uh, a tire that is almost missing. It's turned into uh, basically tire shrapnel. I don't know if you've ever seen on the side of an interstate while you're driving uh, just bits of tire, but uh, I had contributed uh, to those bits of tire along uh, the Bluegrass Parkway, and what was left of the tire was not much at all. Uh, I could have just removed the tire by pulling it apart, and uh, this was on a truck that was completely full. I realized that the flaps of that tire had been flapping against the tire that was right next to it, which probably meant that tire needed to be replaced. Uh, I don't know if you've had experience with roadside service. Uh, I have, and I have had mixed experiences, and so when I called the roadside service uh, for a trucking company uh, that I knew, well, and I was driving a truck that was completely full, uh, I was not really hopeful. And of course, I was placed on hold. Um, then they told me they'd call me back. So in the meantime, I'm calling friends and I'm hearing horror stories. One friend said, oh, we had to unload our truck and load up another truck. And so finally, I get a call back um, from the Penske people and they connect me to uh, someone that they say can fix the truck and he, uh, he's on the phone and he's saying, oh yeah, I'll come out there. We'll get a new tire on there and get you home. And I didn't really believe, I was thinking, well, are you sure you're going to be able to put a new, are we have to unload the truck? No, man. Uh, are you sure? Like my truck is, this truck's huge. It's completely full. You're able to like jack this thing up and get a new tire? Yeah, man, this ain't my first rodeo. 
Um, okay. Well, I was not confident, but this guy seemed to be very confident. Um, you know, I've never done this before. He clearly had. Um, I was inexperienced. I, I didn't know what to expect. I felt completely out of control, out of my expertise. Uh, I'd had bad experiences before with roadside service. Uh, and I, I didn't know what to do. And I think that's a picture of a lot of times of how we feel, and especially now in this season. Uh, one thing this pandemic's re- revealed in my own heart, and I, I'd be surprised if it hasn't revealed some in, in your hearts as well, is that I love control. W- where do you turn, or, or what do you turn to, or what do you hope in when you feel out of control? What do you run to when you feel sad or frightened or fearful? Uh, one of the reasons we are really fearful a lot of times, I think one of the reasons we're especially fearful of this pandemic and the economic effects and even the educational effects is because we've never experienced anything like this. And, and the beauty of this psalm is that the psalm starts off with this question, Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Immediately, the psalmist is gazing our attention not to this world. Our hope is not in this world, but in the one who made this world. As one of my mentors recently told me, we're scared because this is our first pandemic. But this is not God's first pandemic. He has sustained his people through pandemics, through loneliness, through anxiety, through broken relationships. And there is no better source to those who need God's help than God himself, the one who formed the world in which we occupy, uh, the one who formed the surroundings about which we are worried. Uh, It makes sense (laughs) that we who live on earth and have been created by God, it makes sense that we would turn to God, the one who created heaven and earth. It makes sense that we would go to him for help, that we would not put our hopes in the things of this world to deliver us. And yet we do struggle to do that. You know, it. I think back about my, my drive back up here, my phone call with the car repair guy. I mean, it makes sense that I would trust him and not my own intuition about how tires get changed on a Penske moving truck. Um, but I was still worried. I was not confident at all that it could be fixed, especially not fixed soon, until I saw his truck pull into the gas station where I was pulled over. When his truck pulled into the gas station where I was pulled over, I quickly realized this was not a, um, a car repair truck that I had seen before. I've never seen an air compressor on a truck so large in all of my life. I don't know if you've ever seen like one of those big trucks that has those big gasoline tanks on the back. Um, it wasn't that big, but it was just a little bit smaller than that. And when he cranked that thing up, it was louder than the truck I was driving. It sounded like a jet engine was getting fired up. And I knew very quickly, once I saw this thing in action, that I was going to be okay. Once I saw the power of that air compressor, I knew uh, that this guy knew what he was doing. And I knew 
uh, I would be okay. And in the same way, we will struggle to trust God until we see his power. That's why this psalm said, you know, it asks the question, where does my help come from? And then the answer to that question in verses one and two is he doesn't just say, my help comes from the Lord. Notice what he says. He says, my help comes from the Lord who created heaven and earth. Uh, what the psalmist is doing here is he's gazing, he's, he's forcing us to gaze at God's power, not just to trust in God, but to trust in the God who created heaven and earth. Look at the heavens and the earth. The God who made that is the God you need to help you. The God who made the heavens and the earth is the God who desires to help weak people. This past week was the 30th birthday for the Hubble telescope. And uh, I mean, if you just Google some of the images the Hubble telescope has captured over the past 30 years, it is unbelievable. I mean, they're unbelievably beautiful. Uh, but, you know, I just looked at this most recent picture uh, that they posted on its 30th birthday, and it's of a galaxy that is 163,000 light years away. So it's a, the galaxy that is, the picture is taken of is 163,000 light years away. Light travels 6 trillion miles in one year. So one light year is the equivalent of light traveling 6 trillion miles and this is 163,000 light years away. When I even begin to think about space, some of you know our friend Sean Hampton, who's doing a, a postdoc in uh, physics here and is heading to Paris in the fall. When I talk to him about what he does and his study of black holes and the physics behind it, I feel small. When I look at these images, I feel minute. And at the same time, as I feel smaller, my image of God grows. We have a God who created those heavens and this earth. He is mighty and powerful. Our help comes from that God. That is why we can trust God. You can trust God because he is mighty and he is eternal. We are so easily phased by our circumstances. None of this is new to God. There is no new problem under the sun. None of this has surprised God. And none of this can overpower God. But secondly, we, we, we don't merely just trust uh, that God can keep us. We trust that he will and that he desires to keep us. Um, we don't just have a mighty God who is powerful enough to care for us, but one who actually does care for us. Look at verse three. He says, he will not let your foot be moved. Uh, some of my earliest memories of childhood are walking along a beach in Ireland with my dad. We lived in a town called Sandy Cove and there was an actual sandy part of the cove, but most of it was surrounded by these big, large, wet, rocks. Some of them had moss growing on them. And for a four-year-old, they seemed like cliffs. And I remember walking along those with my dad. And the only reason I was able to, to make any part of that walk is because I was walking exactly where he walked. And the only reason I was even able to put my feet where he put his feet 
It was because he was holding my hand and guiding me. The psalm here is telling us that God is not just watching over us, but he is guarding us and he is keeping us. He's not an absentee landlord God who set the world and the universe in motion and will come back and get us, but he's with us. He's walking with us and he will not let your foot be moved. Um, I think sometimes when we hear that language, he will not let our foot slip or he will not let our foot be moved. We, we immediately think of physical protection, that God's mighty and that, that he can protect us physically. And yes, God is, is certainly mighty and he can certainly protect us physically, but his protection of us goes far beyond physical protection. Um, he protects us not just physically, but he protects our hearts. Uh, he protects our souls. I want to share a quote with you I read from a commentator on this psalm. I love how he puts this. Uh, he says, uh, and I'll put it up here for you. Um, he said, let us remember that there is constant danger of our slipping and stumbling in our heavenly course. We are very weak in ourselves. I love how he says this. He says, it is strange that we are not entirely ruined. But when we remember that God is the hope of his people, the mystery is explained. Almighty arms can hold up the feeblest. Mm. Almighty arms can hold up the feeblest. Um, I love his honesty there. You know, he says, it's kind of strange that we haven't ruined ourselves. When you think about what you're capable of and what I'm capable of and how easily I doubt God and how easily I fall into temptation, it's amazing, he says, that we have not ruined ourselves except when we remember that God is our help. And when we remember that God is our help, he says the mystery is revealed. The Almighty can help those with feeble arms. Uh... The Almighty can help those with feeble arms. Uh, the theme of Christianity is not that God saves you because you are holding on to him so tightly. The beauty of Christianity is that we are far too weak to hold on to God. And it is because God is mighty that he will hold us fast. We are those of weak faith and he is quite strong. I think it's why we love that song that we sing often in RUF by Keith and Kristen Getty, He Will Hold Me Fast. Uh, I'll share that with us as well. Even though many of you know the song, uh, I wanted to put it up here because I love how they describe exactly what we just read here. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter would prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path, for my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. Uh, if we are to have any hope in the Christian life, it is going to be because Christ is mighty. I love how they put that at the end. He must hold me fast. Uh, he must hold me fast because if it's up to us and if it's up to our faith, we do not have much hope. 
He will hold me fast. He must hold me fast. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful prayer. And it it really mirrors exactly what the psalmist is talking about. That's the essence of faith. Lord, I am weak and you are strong. My help comes from you who made heaven and earth. He will not let us slip. The sun will not strike us nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from evil. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. This psalm is reminding us of the answer to the question that we so long to hear from God. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. God will care for you. He is mighty, and he will not let you slip out of his hands. Now look, this psalm and and scripture in general, and certainly the rest of the psalms, don't indicate in any way that we won't experience pain or trials in this life. But, But what is clear is that we will not experience a pain or trial that will somehow allow us to slip outside of God's grip on us. Because of what we just celebrated two weeks ago at Easter, because the resurrection is true, it doesn't mean that death won't happen, but what it means is that death has lost its sting and death does not win. And yes, we'll experience pain and yes, we'll experience death in this life. But what this psalm is saying is that those things will not separate us from God. Those things cannot, they cannot strike us and he will not let our foot be moved. He will watch our going out and our coming in. He will be with us for now and forevermore. That's why Paul writes in Romans 8, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, none of these things, death, life, angels, rulers, pandemics, nothing, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We can be confident that God will not let us slip out of his hand. We can be confident that God will be with us now and forevermore because Jesus has taken on flesh and he's died in our place. He's resurrected and he's ascended on high. Death does not win. And therefore we can live with hope. Not just that we will be free from the pain of this world, but that we will be with our God, our Father, and everything will be okay. It's okay for us to say that. For the Christian, that is not a pipe dream. That is a reality. And not just a physical reality, but a spiritual reality. For what Paul says in Philippians one six. Our, our, our hope is secure because he who began a good work in you will bring it about to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. He is faithful and he will do it. Let me pray for us. Father, Lord, you promised to hold us fast. You promised to keep us. Lord, you say in this psalm that you watch our going out and our coming in. Lord, you say that you, that you watch over us in everything that we do and that you will be with us forevermore. Lord, I pray that we would believe that more. 
God, when things are going well and we are tempted to take all the credit, Lord, would you point us to our need for you and to the reality that you have been guiding us and keeping us all along. And Father, when we are discouraged and fearful and anxious, would you remind us that you are faithful? And would you indeed protect us? And would you indeed draw us to the foot of the cross where we see that you are faithful and that you are faithful to your promises that you will always be with us? because you were willing to take on flesh and to die for us, Lord. And because we know that, we can trust you. We can trust that you will be with us now and forevermore. We thank you, Lord, and we pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. I don't normally finish uh, with what is called a benediction, uh, but throughout Christian history, uh, Church services often end with what's called a benediction, which is literally just a Latin word for good word. Uh, But I do try and end every year uh, with a benediction. And there's no more fitting uh, benediction than from Jude 24 and 25. I think Jude, I think Paul had uh, Psalm 121 in mind when he wrote this. But but receive this. This is God's blessing to you. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen.